0: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. For Stage 3 of the Vuelta, we actually have a stage today not too affected by weather, although it looked a bit dodgy at points in the finish. Full of drama from Surya to Arensal, just over there at the top of Andorra, the, one of the highest points of the Lamasana Council in Andorra. 160 Ks, mostly false flat and rolling until they get to Andorra La Vella. And then they have a 17K climb, about 5%, but there's a lot of climbing steeper than that up to Caldoradino. Descent of which is about 10, 12 minutes before starting the climb up to Aronsal, which again is the climbing 8Ks, 8%, really the last 6Ks and then the last 4Ks are quite hard. There is a dipper with about a K to go uh, and then a steep punch to the finish. So the first GC stage, remind you a lot of Pico Hano Benji or Fankwaiya and I really thought the break was going to win today. I was really surprised. And we don't have TV coverage of the break of the start of these stages. I don't know if anyone's really said, but I wonder who was stopping the break forming because he didn't form for ages.
1: Yeah. When it comes to the likes of Jeff, who's in the lead technically with Andrea Piccolo before the stage because of the the weird thing yesterday, <laughs> I'll call yeah. it that he was in the red Jersey and his team didn't necessarily pick it up that well. And also, there's a gigantic breakaway, so it's a very difficult break to control. There's like 11 riders in it. Caruso, Sutulin, so TugBuddy. I've got the shirt on. Yeah. Sutulin, TugBuddy for Caruso. Hebregzabir, Kemna, Sepulveda, Vendrame, Lebere, Hergotz, Called it. Yeah. Called it. And then Latour, Diaz, and Embaranecce. And that last guy actually climbed better than I expected at the end of the stage. yeah. Like the yeah. Now... Two teams that were controlling the Peloton, and this was when we were reaching the Andorra side and so forth, where we noticed that they were keeping it at four minutes was Quick Step and Jambo visma Vismar, Thumbala, and what looked like Peter City.
0: I don't I really don't understand today. It, I'm a bit confused because yeah, I thought if you want to give the red jersey away, you can do that. But then I guess you're right, like those two teams wanted wanted to go for the stage win today, which also makes sense. So I guess that's a hint that Roglic must have been feeling okay after the crash in the, uh, in the Martyrou stage yesterday, and Remco was feeling confident, as he should be, after uh, his quick-step team did really, really well in the TTT. So, yeah, I was... I did think. I really did think the break would, would go. But anyway, it wasn't to be. We don't really know how break formation happened. There's a fly, even though it's the end of summer, still harassing me. Nothing really happens in the middle of this stage, Benji. It's just it's a highway drag, false light drag up to the border. They get to Andorra again. Okay, there's roundabouts, but they're climbing uphill for the most part on 2%. It's wide roads. It, it had rained a little bit, and Aronsal, it looked cloudy. There's fresh snow actually here, but really there wasn't too much in the stage. It was just controlling. I did think... I, I wasn't sure whether they did want the stage at a certain point. Only on Cold Ordino did that become clear. I thought maybe they're just they don't want to give Caruso eight minutes. And so they're just pegging it at three and a half, four minutes. That was kind of what I actually thought was happening mm-hmm. when they were just cruising up the roads here.
1: I personally wouldn't have cared about Caruso in the breakaway. I, I don't would, think yeah. he would either. But him being out there and so forth, we did see some news at that point in the race that there was like wins at the park at certain spots. For example, at the finish line, because we saw this video online. I think Eurosport also put it online as well, where there were umbrellas, like giant umbrellas, the yeah, ones yeah. you have like above restaurants, yeah. outdoor places, those are flying from left to right, and you can kill a man with that, you know? So, that's that's it's dangerous.
0: Seriously, like people have died on the beach with smaller umbrellas flying around, and these were huge, like, commercial heavy ones, like, probably 30, 40 kilos, or whatever, and they're just, maybe less than that, but they're just flying about, and terrifying, to be honest, and it's like, well, if, that, if the wind is like that, up there, when they're finishing, yeah. that's also too dangerous. Luckily, and it wasn't windy here for once, but it's a lot lower, but luckily it calmed down and everyone got the hoardings up at the finish because, yeah, it's it's unpredictable up there. It was reported gust, The gusts went away. Anyway, we get to the first major climb of the day, called Lordino and it's Caruso, Kemna, Sepulveda going clear. Cabrera's Gabi was kind of yo-yoing. The rest of the break is pretty much gone. Actually, Jon Baranecha was hanging about for a little bit, and DSM took up arms, Benji. <laughs> yes. With... I don't really know why. I guess, we was it for that Bardet attack? Because it was Chris Hamilton on the front for a long time. He brought it to about two minutes.
1: It's a bit curious. Eh? Like We know that Bardet has a skill in descending, so yeah. maybe they saw the parkour and were like, we want to attack in that descent with Bardet. Spoilers, that might be something that they try later on the climb. But on the other hand, yesterday's stage, most of the GC riders stopped. There was one rider that tried to go for bonus seconds was
0: Max Pool of the SM. True, yeah. And he failed to do so, so... got dropped. He lost football and he didn't lose the time but he he was on a gap. He didn't even finish in the Groves group. He might not be as punchy as the Gregoires
1: and the Crones of the world, though. But on the other hand, I didn't necessarily expect him to lose, properly get dropped there either on that, on the Monterey climb yesterday. So, they're kind of hurting themselves by making the the race harder if they considered Max Pool a potential GC prospect to begin with. Because... It's possible because Hesing Hesing was going to pull
0: anyway. Yeah, Yeah. but we're going to probably pull with Hesing.
1: Exactly, but I do feel like as the climb went forward, and the Azm did stuff, that we didn't necessarily first see the the attack. We saw a different man open up the battles. Jay Vine on home territory, roughly. Yeah, yeah, it's in the neighborhood, eh?
0: Oh, he does these climbs all the time. Yeah, he uh, he would have penciled this stage in. He wasn't able to get in the breakaway, him or Soler. Who I thought would have had a good chance in the break today, but um, yeah, he I, we didn't actually see what happened. It's possible he went to the front to start pacing really hard, and like Hamilton pulled off, and Hassing just lost the wheel, and a gap was created. I don't think that was the case because Kelderman went with him, Bardet was with him, and so it might it looked like an attack, and that was brought back I think by Hassing. So again. I was a little bit no, oh, So maybe it was by quick step with Bagioli at that point. Remco at this point on Cold Ordino looking like he's got plenty of teammates. Got Jan Hirt, got Bagioli, got Cataneo, got Knox, and himself. So there's five quick steppers there. I'm not sure if Vivarka was also in the group, but he looked pretty well supported at that point on Cold Ordino. And really the Peloton didn't thin out too much. The Vine move stopped. I think Hessen came back up uh, to pace. The gap is now at 120, and we had to run down the hill. Because now they're on top of the cold ordino, just there. We run down the hill because they descend that in about ten minutes, and we go see. And Camner I think was getting dropped a little bit by Caruso on the descent. Um, yep, fast descent we saw as well. Like there was a there's a roundabout there at the bottom of the street, and the, the, the police officer. So he sees Camner and Caruso hop. So that you you approach it at the apex of the roundabout. You hop a little pave section in the middle, but it's smooth. Like It's not dangerous, really. If you There's no also no lip or ridge. You can just hop straight onto it or ride straight onto it and ride straight through the roundabout at a good line. Cameron and Crusoe bang through that. Uh, and then the police officer sees that and decides to stand in that spot to force the riders in the peloton to go like a much tighter line through the roundabout proper like a car. I was like, you got to let them do what they're going to do. So yeah, I was surprised. It's it's crazy when you see like that's one potentially dangerous situation because of the high speed. They probably go through, the skill level of these guys is so high. They probably went through 20 different situations like that on just today's stage.
1: Yes, certainly. You spoke about the descent of the riders. Our descent was pretty fast as well. Our descent towards the the (laughs) race to, to look at the race in that specific position. That was a that was pretty cool, but it, it feels actually closer between the groups when you're at the race yeah. than the gap that is seen on TV, but then they basically go from that area where you just said, the descent of Ordino, straight towards Chula Masana, towards Arinsal, and at the start of Arinsal, the final climb of the day, it was kind of subtle piece. Haysync yeah. was pacing for a tiny bit, just controlling tempo, I would reckon, but when Haysync was gone, Nobody really took over. Teams were kind of next to each other and the gap was 140 to the front where Kemna and Caruso were back together fighting mano a mano. And I reckon there was a moment where Kemna had a bit of a gap, but Caruso is this kind of man where you never know if you fully dropped him or not. Because I remember Sega Adiala, the stage where, was that the stage where Almeida went and tried to beat someone at the front, or whatever, but Caruso was dropped, if I recall, and then he came back significantly yeah. and still in a relatively good position. Finish. He's kind of like the tempo climber that has his own tempo when
0: the group falls apart. And he's also eighteen seconds ahead of Camner on GC. So, yep. what was curious was we didn't again we didn't see that. So that they on that climb, all we see is basically Camner four meters ahead of Caruso. Yeah, and so is he? Is Camner riding like Thibaut Pino? Is Camner just did Caruso just lose the wheel and's not going quick enough? Camner was stronger than Caruso in the end. But I guess <sighs> Kemner, he didn't want to just tow Caruso the whole way. But then again, Caruso just didn't look strong enough to really do anything on the climb either. So he's caught in the catch 22. And as well, on this section, I can sort of understand it because it's quite fast. It's 4% from the roundabout to about 2Ks into the climb, 3Ks into the climb. And then the last 6Ks are actually where it's steep, where they go the roundabout from where you turn up to Powell. Yeah, And so... They go through the town of Arinsald. The gap has gone out to 140. It had been down to 58 seconds at a certain point, according to the TV, which the TV time gaps gave up in, in the end. And yeah, I thought, who's going to take over? Because Jumbo had numbers. They got Tratnik there. He was pacing, but it was six wide. They got Volta. He could pace and it would shred the group. They got Koos. They got Kelderman. And they weren't really doing anything. Um, and I guess... They, could, they probably could go for a sprint with Roglic, and that's mm-hmm. why I was like, well, why, was, why was everyone chasing all day if they don't want to go for the stage When Eventually, UAE were the team, with Ayuso also lives here, Almeida lives here, Vine lives here. They send Vine to the front, and he starts setting a really serious pace. The TV directors immediately on their screen press close on, on the time gaps when it was about 1.30, and... <laughs>
1: We didn't yeah. know
0: what the gap was. We didn't know how long was left Yeah, in this stage. We got no kilometers to go. And that vine pace, clearly Ayuso felt good. Um, and in fact, yeah, it was a good... Who do we see? I mean, on the vine pace, we already see, saw Thomas sliding, right?
1: Yeah, Max Pool was already dropped. Yeah. So a bit of an update on the earlier conversation there. Thomas was already near the back of the group. And like we said yesterday, both of us were like, Thomas is probably going to have a bad day today. What is the cause for us to think that? Because, yes, we can say that blatantly, but is it that we don't believe he can peak
0: twice in a year? It's, to be honest, these climbs have always been so bad for him. Like an easy stage, and then they just, the last 3Ks, it's like a 20-minute climb. Then again, on Maldon and, and all those climbs, he's been pretty good. It's like a gut feeling, no? But it's just, I just knew, I just, like, it's not. Yeah, maybe in in Catalonia, which is this sort of region, he's not Mm -hmm. been good on these. um, Like on Volta, I think he lost time in two thousand twenty one to to Yates, even though he was in the wheels the whole time. And Almeida was good there. It was just a gut feeling, and also like maybe he isn't as good as his Giro shape. But that wasn't really that didn't really factor into it. I thought for me that was it personally. Well, I thought he would have been training pretty hard. Like I don't think he would have been slacking off too much. You
1: probably did but i just didn't expect it a second time in yeah. one year just a gut feeling that i didn't expect that not necessarily like an, an in-depth analysis here on my end when it comes to that but it ended up happening thomas was not looking at great islands one was looking better for that team so maybe that will conclude their leadership from now on but it's not completely lost yet i would reckon but you said it the way he goes to the front we got a massive stage by finn fisher black he got over ordino was pacing in the valley section well the the one kilometer valley yeah, in yeah. between the two climbs. On
0: oh, the 2-3% section he paced, yeah.
1: And there was also pacing on the climb before we got to J. Vine pacing on that climb. He said yeah. that J. Vine pace was really hard and then Soler moved into the, the position behind Ayuso um, so. and then Almeida kind of moved back, no?
0: Yeah, so Roglic, when, when Vine was pulling, Almeida was already doing Almeida things, leaving yes. gaps and it's he's, he's got three teammates at the front. He's got Vine, Ayuso, Soler and he's got Roglic behind him. Remco, Jonas is in front of him and he's just closing gaps for Roglic. Eventually that stops and Roglic moves up uh, and it's Jonas with, I think, Remco on the wheel of him or Roglic. So they're all in reasonable position. The teams are all together for the most part, just Thomas sliding and eventually dropping badly. And we see that Caruso's coming up. And if Caruso's coming up and he'd been dropped by like 10 seconds by Camner, we now know Breakaway's finished. And so that gap of, if we could believe it was ever 140, evaporated into nothing in the space of two and a half kilometers. And then Ayuso, as promised, as expected off the vine pace, launches. Chris lets the wheel go initially. Jonas reacts to Ayuso's wheel and goes with him. And this is the most curious part of the stage for me, Benji. Ayuso going clear, fourth, fifth favorite, or third, fourth favorite made for this race in the betting. Vingegaard, the favorite for the race, goes with him. Yeah, We've got two and a half Ks, maybe six, seven minutes left on this climb. Remco no longer has teammates. Hit is dropped. Yeah, The only other team with multiple teammates is UAE with the numbers we said and uh, Bora with Vlasov and Ötzebrüx. And Koos, after letting the gap to Jonas open up, mm-hmm. looking at Remco, a- a- attacks across to Jonas' wheel and Roglic does- closes it as well. <laughs> It reminded me of the Poggio last year a lot. <laughs> yeah, And I thought, isn't this the, the two-leader strategy where Jonas goes with another GC guy he can work with, who yeah. he's ahead of in GC right now, who he'd expect to beat. Maybe he can't, but you so Jonas is above him in the pecking order at the moment, and is isolated, and he should have to close in the headwind. I was really surprised they closed down what I thought was a nice duo.
1: Like The theory is simple. Eh? If Jonas is ahead with another rider, then... That you isn't want REM to color. let the other GC riders chase down yeah. the front riders. As simple as that. Because you don't want to close it yourself because you lose the energy behind and you kind of lose it ahead as well if Vingegaard starts rolling with whoever's ahead. So you're right. but And they
0: Vingegaard's don't. done the acceleration now for nothing. Exactly. But they don't. And what
1: happens as a following, it kind of comes back together again because of that. And we see another move, which I did like. I, didn't, I did like the anticipation then of, of Kuz attacking that group once it was together again, because then it's a situation where others need to chase. So Chris is then ahead, and then Soler was the one to jump.
0: It, it seems like, yeah, it is, it is a good move. Others do need to chase. But if you're Remco isolated, are you gonna and you've got five minutes left on this climb, are you going to chase Seb Kuz? I wouldn't. Nope. And he didn't. And UAE, they didn't. They sent Solaire up. So Almeida, Ayuso, Remco... Are all in the wheels. So okay, it is. It would be nice for Kus to go up and win the stage. I'm not sure that was the. I mean, that's what could have happened, but he, he's not here as a third GC threat. At least not, not from the way the end of the stage played out. And Remco's playing it cool. Remco's at the back of the group. He's on Roglic's wheel. He's got Jonas behind him. Remco's not reacting to what he doesn't need to. He's keeping his right shoulder open. He's playing it perfectly. Uh, Kamner's caught at this point, so we know the, the stage is going to come from the GC group. And yeah, when Soleil gets across to Koos, Koos stops, which, I mean, fair enough. And I thought, well, he's going to be the Roglic attack, or he's going to be the Giannis attack yep. um, to make Remco do something in the wind. And it never came, really. There was another Soler attack, I think, off that. Yes, there
1: was another Solaire attack off that. And then Sepp kept pacing. Sepp Gus kept pacing behind, kept it on a gap, and was starting to close it again. But I didn't expect an attack by Roglic. I see Roglic at this point in the last two, two and a half kilometers as a sprinting option. Yeah. And I think was the attacking option if you do want to make that reverse lead out kind of idea that you're referring to.
0: But this is basically... And it was, hmm? was Brooks that shut down the Solaire-Kus move.
1: Yes. I think it was. I think so as well. And Kemna was still kind of ahead of those yeah, riders, but really. then got caught. So just a wrap-up on the breakaway, they're caught, yeah. they're gone. Kemna, my pick, unfortunately, didn't last until the finish line, which is really sad. But anyway, the situation is simple right now.
0: My pick, is up the road. I'm happy no, at this well, point.
1: Not for long. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> your boy Gus
0: ends up catching your boy, Solaire. No, And yes, so- Kus catches him, goes past him, Roglic is not on his wheel. Jonas is not on his wheel. We have, with about 100, 100 metres to go, a, a hairpin. It's a wide hairpin, but it's a hairpin you can't pedal through uphill. And Kuz just does the lead out with Roglic and Vingegaard deeper in the group. Just sets the pace, sets the pace, and no further attack. And it's a hard pace. It must have been a hard pace, Benji, because yeah. you would have expected a flyer from... Uh, Martinez, Mas, Almeida, people who wouldn't expect to take the bonus seconds. If the pace was slow, I would expect them to have wanted to anticipate a sprint. But still, we had the group of Aronsman and Kelderman coming back, actually, a little bit. Kelderman finishing with that group. Steph Krass, actually, a nice performance. Steph Krass was there for Total Energies. Here, just behind, was Petrago and Ahrensman. And it's simple. Remco, even a sees that Roglic isn't on his wheel, sees it's Vingegaard. He sees Roglic is on the other side of the group, which is about 10 deep, so you can get boxed in. And he goes up to the outside, looks, Nekus is slowed down a little bit and just launches in the hoods, basically sprinting through the bend and sprinting to that next hairpin. Vingegaard's on his wheel, but doesn't have the punch of Remco. Roglic, he's caught behind Ayuso and um, and. Uh, Solaire Soler, Soler drops the wheel a bit. Plus, I think Roglic bungled that, that yep. corner, and also Remco is too good. Yeah, and Remco just straight up in the face of the two Yumbo guys and the two UAE guys torches everybody and says thanks very much for the stage win. Yeah, he torches him in the sprint. Then it's like yes, Primoz was out of position before the sprint starts. I
1: would have been very curious to see what the one v one sprint would have been like. I'm really curious to see how they level against each other because an Core sprint is really bloody good these days and. I reckon it's closer to Roglic than people think, if not on the same level. I dare to say it's on the same level as Roglic, especially on the flat ones,
0: I reckon. Yes, definitely on the flat. I think on the flat, Remco's peak like 10 seconds is pretty similar. I think in a 30-second sprint on like 11, 10% or at the end end of a climb. I mean, Catalonia's a long time ago, like on low port. That's a a different kind of result. But yeah, also Roglic is never winning from that position. But I also don't think, I think if he had brilliant legs, yep. he doesn't finish fourth. Yep. He comes over the top of Ayuso or who's not a slouch, but I think he, he wasn't really moving up positions either. Bonus
1: seconds matter, eh? Because like, if for he sure. gets third instead of fourth, that's extra bonus seconds. And now, Remco ended up torching everybody, but that's not going to be the topic of the discussion here. It was a good sprint. Bonus seconds, 10 for Remco. That's going to be very valuable. And a second on the road. Exactly. And when it comes to the other riders in the race, we've got Vingegaard taking six seconds on, on Roglic. <laughs> it's kind of weird to say, but it's true. And Juan Ayuso also takes four bonus seconds, so those three benefit from the line. But Remco crosses the line and... Spoilers. He ends up crashing into what seems to be a year. But I have difficulties
0: pointing at who is to blame in this situation. So Remco crosses the line, celebrated as, as we told him to do in the interview, Oops! full-on celebration. But then he goes for a second celebration. Like he, he does like a second celebration after line with his hands off the bars. Listen, I don't know. I, I would have to go back and watch Fanquire and Hano and others, you know, 8K, yeah. 8K, 8% climbs and see what's the distance from the finish line, like Sierra de la Pandera, from the finish line to where the soigneurs and stuff is, because at up, up an hour, it's a dead end. So there's no runoff. It's just barriers. And maybe Remco thought there was a runoff somewhere, but he basically I don't know. He must have braked in the end, but it was too late. He didn't doesn't brake for a long time, and the there's just a throng of people really close, and he yeah. just hits this woman super hard. I think I don't know if he hit the barriers. He goes he goes down flat. Yeah. So uh, really hard. He ends up riding into
1: the woman, kind of goes off her into the floor, and how I see it is that his glasses break as he hits the floor, and I think that's how he gets oh, the blood on the side of his face. Yeah. I don't know if that's because of the, the floor, if the glasses were already off, or whether yeah. the breaking glasses caused that. I just hope that he doesn't have a concussion, because it would be really fucking annoying if he leaves his welta because of a concussion after leaving the Giro with COVID. I, I don't want to think about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, he did... He looked a bit uneasy on his feet going into the um, the trailer, but maybe that also just could be from being tired after the finish and a full gas sprint when he was probably at resting heart rate, he looked like he did it so easy. So hopefully he's fine. Yeah, like I I cannot deal with any more shenanigans in this race. I will say like yeah, if they finished this, it basically finished on a downhill. Yeah. And I'm not talking a descent. I'm just saying 20... 20 to 15 minutes before, it properly crests, and it does. it's not flat afterwards. It actually goes into a, a proper downhill section. And so Remco sprinting through the line started carrying a lot of speed. But is the corner too close then to the finish? You've you got all these questions. Eh? I mean, it's an 8k 8% climb with a, another climb preceding it. It's, we're not talking like a proper sprint finish here. Like If Remco celebrated and then started breaking yeah. immediately, like no one else crashed.
1: So looking advocate of the devil at the situation from my end, let's look at the, first of all, I, I also hope that the woman involved is not injured. Yeah. Like, yeah, we can talk about, people will blame her as well. Some people will blame her. Some people will blame Remco. Some people will blame their organization. And on the woman's end, I also feel like there were so many photographers on her right that she also couldn't see Remco especially coming. Oh yeah, she could see anything. But that being said, if, if I'm after a finish line, I try to be as aware as possible that riders can be coming and I don't want to be anywhere near where riders can be, but she's a swanier show, she needs to be there. So it's, it's really risky. But
0: the other people around her weren't moving fast yeah. either. Like she was kind of the last domino yeah. and they moved and she, you know, could have been every single one of them. Yeah. It could have been any one of them. I don't think she necessarily did anything particularly wrong at all. She just caught in a crossfire um, and it's just a bad confluence of events. And it's just the third one in three days. So yeah, this one is not as an egregious of uh organizer error as making them do a TTT in the dark. Um, yeah,
1: but it sucks for the race and does it suck more for the race? You reckon that it's because a GC rider is involved?
0: Yeah, and also Remco won't be happy so he'll definitely yeah. make his yeah. feelings known pretty he publicly. The, uh, okay. he, already,
1: he already spoke about it in Holland, so had lots of news, Belgian newspaper. He Wait, why are you crediting them? They, do they Are they the one, one of the ones that did credit the interview? Probably. They ended up putting the video in after i ended up asking them we'll do the
0: right thing even though the mainstream quote unquote journalists they struggle to do that themselves <laughs> even though they're you know they they have their journalism standards are oh, on.
1: so what m said pardon my words it hangs out of my balls in flemish that's what is that it's hunksmanclaw tonight <laughs> which <laughs> that's the translation say that in the netherlands Luke.
0: look <laughs> answer <laughs> They don't say that it hangs by your balls. Yeah. Well, okay. What is a Flemish? What does that mean? Uh, that that
1: it's it's enough. I can't handle it anymore. Fuck it all. Oh really? That kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. That's that's kind of it. <laughs> I love how nobody's hearing what Luke is saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no, he just confirmed that it's a Flemish thing. Um. Yeah, I can understand. He's had stage one disaster. Stage two could have been a disaster. Um. And yeah, now he crashes and. Hits cuts his head open, so I hope he's okay. Uh, I'll read out the results. Avento wins the stage. Vingegaard second. He was on Remco's wheel. He got gapped in the sprint, um, but was best of the rest. Ayuso third. Beats Roglic. So Vingegaard, as Benji said, takes six uh, bonus seconds. Ayuso four. Roglic fourth. Soler fifth. Very very good performance from Mark Soler. I wish he'd been in the breakaway. Um, maybe he does too. (laughs) Henrik Mass sixth. Lenny Martinez a very nice result yes. seventh, Osterbrock's eighth, Armaeda ninth, Vlasov tenth, and Kelderman actually came back and finishes in that group. Vine on ten seconds oh, after working like that. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's still there on GC effectively. <laughs> he's better than every single Ineos rider. That's mad. After after dropping them, <laughs> they didn't want to. They didn't want to maybe sign him a couple of years ago or last year. Yeah, they got, obviously they had other things in mind. Um. Defcross, as I said, nice there. And Kus did the lead out, Benji, and loses 13 seconds because of it. So a little bit curious, um, because Kus. I mean, yeah, maybe you'd expect Roglic to do a little bit better. I would expect Roglic to actually do a, do a little bit better than he did in that sprint.
1: GC Kus is not being respected enough.
0: Oh well, he got to attack and go for the stage. GC
1: Kus is not being respected enough. After three Grand Tours, he should be getting a full lead out by Roglic and Vingegaard. That is the petition I'm signing.
0: <laughs> it's bullshit, but it would well, be funny. <laughs> would you expect Jonas to beat Remco in that finish if Remco equally gets to sit in the wheel for the last K of Kusto in the lead out? I would never expect Jonas to beat Remco. Oh, of course. So, kind of you should you should just roll attacks again or do reverse, yep. like let Wilco come or back. Or make is coming sure Roglic is in a better position. Yeah, exactly. Don't pull with Roglic in that position. He also, you know, Remco moved himself up and yeah. torched everybody in the wheel from 200 meters to go.
1: Yeah, but what I mean is, for example, Kus, Jonas, whatever, what has been more beneficial? Sprinting with both Vingegaard and Roglic and getting 6 seconds and 0 seconds or having Jonas lead out Roglic and getting potentially 10 seconds over...
0: Other riders? Or attacking, or having, yeah, or having Coos actually move them up, or I don't know. But um clearly, it's not going to be a walk in the park to just beat Remco and all the uphill finishes uh, before the serious mountain stages. But in terms of the big losers of today, we were right for once. Thomas loses 47 seconds with Bernal. Aronsman loses 21 seconds, so not the start Ineos would have wanted. Uh, Carthy also loses 114, and Blander 129. So. That will probably continue to get worse, I would say. Rubio lost a lot of time too. In terms of GC, Avonapol moves into the red jersey five seconds ahead of Maas. Lenny Martinez in third on 11 seconds. Vingergaard up to fourth on 31. Vlasov and Oethebrooks on 33 because they obviously they're on the same team and haven't taken any bonies. Barde on 35 with Putrago, and then Kelderman and Roglish on 37 seconds. Ayuso, despite being good today, I mean, the TTT results, you can say it was a disaster, and, you know, those seconds, the time still counts. And so UAE, they're on a 38-42 second hole with Ayuso, with Soler and Almeida right now. Um, and <laughs> and that's, you know, putting it to bed there, they're going to have to find that time somewhere.
1: Daniel Fribe also mentioned that Remco, after uh, after his crash said. I've lost some flesh and meat from my head, but that's good for the uphills.
0: Jesus, I'm <laughs> not sure about funny. that. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, we'll <laughs> draw a bow on this stage. I mean, what can we learn from this, Benji? Um, That if you win a stage, break. <laughs> break? Yeah. yeah. but we told him celebrate. Fuck. <laughs> it's our fault. <laughs> it wasn't a good celebration. It was like a easy done, light work. And he did a recon of this stage when he was at altitude. I maybe. want the, the Michael Jackson move yeah, back. Yeah, he needs to bring back that. Um, hopefully, and then, yeah. Have in a the... time trial, 50 meters before the finish line. That would
1: be crazy if he did it in a time <laughs> trial
0: in the middle of a grand tour. What have Yumbo learned from this?
1: I reckon there are some scenarios where they can look at. For example, the, the scenario you mentioned, for example, where when Jonas responds to someone that they don't need to be closing with. Primoz and with Sepkas for a Remco for example you want to put Remco in the spot that they need to close that down themselves Yeah, because that's how you really benefit from those situations and maybe think about the balance between what's more valuable bon- of, of fighting for the stage when, glitch, when, yeah. when it comes to more bonus seconds of sprinting with both is that disrespectful to Jonas will Jonas like that I don't know it's, it's a whole discussion internally they probably mentioned this already and discussed it already but that's also one of the topics that could be brought up but in the end look at the next couple of stages and try and win it
0: yeah well i think the next stage from it leaves andorra from the city and it goes all the way back down to the coast where it came from uh this morning from andorra la vella to tarragona mostly downhill there's a couple of warm-up climbs they shouldn't bother the scorers or any of the sprinters even like yeah i don't see any sprinter getting dropped on 4.5 k's 5.6 percent 30 ks from the finish, unless they're in really shocking shape. And Milano did crash yesterday, but he, even he, and and some of the other heavier guys, they really should make that. And uh, then it's but the finish is a little bit tricky. It's on the coast, mostly straight in the run into Tarragona, but it's slightly uphill. I will. It is uphill. I'm going to go with Groves. I think I picked Milano in the preview, but Groves looked very, very good yesterday, so I'll hedge my bets in that way. I can't be wrong because sure, I don't see. I'd be very surprised if anyone but Milano or Groves won this sprint, Benji. Okay, Matthias Govacar. Uh, that's a nice pick. He was good in the Dauphiné, as you said in the preview. There's also Lecoq. Brian Cockard yeah. loves an uphill sprint, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is a little bit more open uh, than we think. Maybe Roman Bardet. Who's, uh, <laughs> we forgot to mention his attack, didn't we? Uh, I think you said he attacked on Aldino and then into the. And Kelderman went with him and it got closed down by, yeah. by Bagioli. But yeah, um, we'll see that sprint tomorrow. And that's that's about it, really? Hopefully, Remco's okay, yeah, hope you en- yeah, that's the big takeaway, really. And of course, there weren't big gaps today, but hopefully he's okay because we got we got another hell top finish, mountaintop finish on Havalambre in uh, on Wednesday.
1: I'm just going to be praying all evening for a very simple stage tomorrow. I don't want any drama. We've yeah. had three days of some drama now with the Remco crash
0: today, i I just, I just want the normal sprint, people. Just give me a normal sprint. We haven't had a normal stage yet, but maybe that will be the story of this welter. But yeah, hopefully everyone stays upright tomorrow. Hopefully it's dry. I haven't checked the weather forecast, but it should be our first big bunch sprint. And uh, yeah, we'll see you with the recap of stage four tomorrow. Until then, ciao.